0: I was terrified, terrified my first day in there, Um, and it was something very simple. I think it was like burpees and air squats and things that I look at now, like almost six years later, and and I was like, why were you so scared of this? I was a full-time special education teacher. I taught middle school for my entire time in Omaha. I was in a very serious relationship at the time and it was kind of one of those, I was really comfortable, I was really stressed at my job, so I mean it wasn't really a taking care of myself space.
1: Welcome back to the Building Better People podcast, this is your host Charlie Lima, thanks for tuning in today. Have you ever pulled up to the gym and been absolutely terrified to walk in? Well, if you have, you can relate to our guest today. Samantha Meister started her fitness journey several years ago. She shares on the podcast today. I hope you're inspired, and I hope you enjoy.
0: My name is Samantha Meister. I am 32 years old. I have been at College Station CrossFit for three years now, starting into year four here, which is crazy to me. Um, I am currently a PhD candidate, which is a big deal because that means I'm through about 90% of the hard stuff at this point to finish. Um, just have my dissertation left. At Texas A&M, I'm getting my degree in curriculum and instruction focusing on urban education.
1: So three, do you remember exactly how long ago you started? I when started was?
0: here in College Station, yeah. um, it was the very last week of July in 2014. Because I, I moved here on the 17th of July, and I tried out um, a few other gyms in town. And then I think I walked in here on the 20th or 21st. Like, it was it was early on, right after here. Because finding a gym was, like, top priority. Um, after I, I mean,
1: day. I remember. I just can't believe it's been that long. I know. Long. Isn't that crazy? You know, that was... Uh, Yeah, that was we hadn't even had our second son, or or Mm -mm. Anderson hadn't been born. Nope. So you had worked out in Nebraska.
0: Yes. Okay,
1: and you were pretty involved in that gym. I remember you loved it. It was like, that was your people, you know, and I remember you telling me about it. So give me a little bit about kind of your CrossFit experience. Okay. You've been doing it longer than most people. Yes.
0: Um, I actually, okay, so before I found CrossFit, in order to kind of understand my path, I gotta go way back, so I apologize. Um, I all through like growing up, all through high school, I was always a overweight kid. Like it started, I've always been big. Um, it started when I was like probably. I mean, I played youth sports like soccer, and I hated it. I was the kid that sat down in the in the grass and didn't really want to be involved with that kind of stuff. I danced, but again, um, I quit that in like sixth grade once I started really gaining weight. And so I was always the kid who would get drug along to my brother's games because my brother played all sorts of sports and I was the one fighting to find the bit of shade to read my books in, but I was there just to make my mom happy. Um, and so going through then middle school, I was, I was big and I got really into band and choir at that point. So I kind of found my niche with all the fine arts. So then going into high school, my kind of natural fit was band, marching band, competitive choir, and show choir, which I joke now was my only like athleticism prior to that was like, oh yeah, I can sing and dance on stage. Or I'm in the band and like, yeah, marching band was legit. I mean, I carried that on into um, collegiate marching band, which was no joke. Wow. Um, but again, that was the only athleticism <laughs> up until I was about... Oh my gosh probably I was I was probably 25 by the time
1: What college band were you
0: I was at, I went to the University of Nebraska so okay. I am a Cornhusker marching band I'm
1: just curious cuz uh-huh. you know us Aggies were kind of <laughs> crazy about everything Uh-huh and you know how we seem to think that our marching band is like the absolute best on the galaxies Nope So <laughs> wh- what is Nebraska's marching band's thoughts cuz that was Big 12 when yes. you, you were Big yes. 12 so obviously yep. we you know yes. what are y'all's band thoughts about um, A&M and <laughs>
0: Being an Aggie now, I have, uh, and even then, I have tremendous respect for um, a military-style band because that's absolutely what A&M is, and it takes a lot of dedication, and it's a lot of precision work. Um, I'm very glad that that was not my collegiate band experience because I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Um, Mine was much more, I mean, the Nebraska band, you live and die in that organization. Like, that is, it's, we have an alumni day every year that unfortunately since I've moved here I haven't been able to go back for but I mean you get 300 plus old folks and that ranges from people that just graduated up until people in their 70s and 80s being out there in a wheelchair on the field at halftime marching with the full-time awesome. band I mean it's it's
1: and I it's a to, way of life I mean I remember watching going to Aggie football mm-hmm. games still is like I'll see the band and I'm like man that is work, like yes. these guys, and, oh, yeah. and it's hot, and I yes. know they get up early and they mm-hmm. practice, so kind of give me a little bit more insight into, I mean, you you kind of humored in that saying that's my workout, but that was a workout, yes. like I'm sure it was yep. a lot of work and physically taxing. Yep,
0: um, I mean, during the marching band season, it was always, Um. it was rehearsal every morning, and that would range, it was always before, you know, the regular class schedule started, it was always early in the morning. Um, Even in high school, it was kind of counted as what we called like a zero hour, so it was before the actual school day started. You'd be out on the field for an hour to an hour and a half practice first thing in the morning, both marching your drill and practicing that, but also music rehearsals as well. Um, And just running and running and running the show over and over and over again. And I know one of the things about the band that I came from was we were doing a new show for every home game. So there was no repeats. The only thing that was repeated was our pregame stuff. And that was consistent throughout the season. But I mean, so learning a new show and practicing a new show um, is, you know, it's very demanding. And it was very, it was very physical. Um, I kind of joke about it at the time because at that time, I mean, I was still... College was not good to my body at all, (laughs) but I mean, I was, I, at the time I was probably pushing 230 pounds. I mean, it was, it was, I was big and making it work, but it was, you know, very physically demanding. Absolutely. And I mean, then that's not even taking into account like game days. We had a rehearsal in the field mandatory. I mean, depending on if it was an 11 o'clock kickoff, we'd be in there for like a 630 AM rehearsal. And we'd be on the field before they opened up the stadium, before they did all of that Mm. to, you know, rehearse and practice and then hopefully get a bit of a nap in before game day where you're on your feet all day. You're performing and it's a, you know, a six hour event before you take into account start and the after stuff. So
1: what did you play? What was uh,
0: I played French horn? So um, which is a mellophone for marching purposes. But I mean, it was it was it was incredibly demanding and. I mean that was you your life for all of the fall semester and it was honestly I think one of the only things that kept me from probably getting bigger and more unhealthy than I was because I mean I was very much a college student I drank way too much I ate all garbage food it was like that I think having band really did keep me on track yeah it kept you
1: structured probably gave you a discipline oh absolutely and it kept you active you know at least you're busy working or you know uh practicing so Mm -hmm. when what year was that for you when you ended your college
0: i graduated in 2007 so
1: okay so how what was the journey after that so
0: after that um i was a full-time special education teacher i taught middle school for my entire time in omaha um and I was in a very serious relationship at the time, and it was kind of one of those, I was really comfortable, I was really stressed at my job, so, I mean, it wasn't really a taking care of myself space. Um, I got a lot heavier, I think, for probably the next four years or so. I mean, I just, it was, it was never like a massive weight gain at once, it was always a progressive, oh, I just have to, okay, I'm not buying 18s now, I'm buying size 20s. Okay, I'm not buying 20s now. I'm buying 22s um, until um, it was 2010 at that point, And I just kind of had this moment, and that's the only way I can describe it. It was this – I was standing in my bathroom, and I can vividly remember. Um, and I was, I was on other medications for anxiety and all sorts of stuff as well. And I had this moment staring at my medicine cabinet. Um, and I don't like to take pills for, like, anything. I don't – I mean, I get – kind of worked up if I'm like oh man I gotta take Advil I don't I don't like to take drugs of any kind like that but I had this moment where I was staring at my medicine cabinet at my like prescription of Xanax and I'm like who are you right now this this is not you what what is going on and it had nothing to do with how big I was or what I weighed or the size of clothes that I was in it was everything to do with you know you're not moving forward you're just existing right now and that's not what I wanted for me and that's not what I wanted um for my future um and in 2010 that was also about the time um genetically I've got pretty much everything working against me so um that was about the time my mom I think was starting on some cholesterol medication when she was 50 um mm. and, and like my family is always my mom cooks all like every night she prepares meals it was never the fast food life it was never it was like my like if if we're being very honest it's one that's like that we're traditionally pretty you know healthy people um and so I had that realization that you know in the family in my genetics I've got a lot of people that are overweight, we've got heart disease, we've got cancer, we've got high cholesterol, we've got high blood pressure, we've got strokes, we've got osteoporosis. And so in that moment, when I'm staring at my medicine cabinet, I'm like, okay, you're 25 years old and you've got two bottles of pills in here already at 25 years old. And I, it was that moment of like, what, Meister, what are you doing? (laughs) Like this, Mm. this is not, this is not where you're going because I was about 260 pounds at the time, at 25 years old, and again, it, like I said, it was progressive, so it didn't really hit me as like, "Whoa, you got big." Um, but that moment really, then it kind of, you know, it spurred a lot of change in my life. Um, it was in February, I can tell you that. Um, I ended the relationship I had been in for about seven years at that point. Um, I was living in my own house. I had bought a house, like I bought a house in Omaha, but it was. I Yeah, so I ended that relationship. I reached out to some of my friends that I taught with at the time and It was like, okay, I don't remember what I was using at the time I think it was a very early version of something equivalent to like my fitness pal, but it was like Activity at this point. I was not gonna up. I was on my feet all day teaching. I was um, You know, i had a really decent social life at the time I felt it included a lot of going out to bars and drinking a lot um, but It was one of those, okay, I'm going to really start tracking my food. I'm going to get this. I'm going to work on portion control because I also cook. I got that from my mom. I cook all the time. Um, But it was I was just going to start small and start tracking my food. So the couple of gals in my school that I had lunch with every day, I'm like, all right, here's the deal. You can't make fun of me. This is what's happening. This is what I'm going to eat. So if you see me in the lounge, if you see me going for other food, if you see me going for the vending machine, slap me, yell at me, do whatever you have to do, like cut me off. We're not doing this Um, and then that kind of gradually got into um, I started going to a boot camp with one of my good friends that I taught with and so that was just the three nights a week thing and I remember the first night of boot camp they made us run a mile on a treadmill and I had this moment of like I can just go sit in my car for an hour I don't I don't have to do this because it was a 14-minute mile on like death gripping the handles on that treadmill at the time and I was like I hadn't run a mile since the eighth grade presidential fitness test when I tried to talk my way out of it in middle school. so um, so yeah, I just started the boot camp thing and that was did a few rounds of that for probably five six months. Um, so was
1: this I mean is this in line with your personality to kind of go like all in or just mindset shift like focus laser focus on a new direction in your life or was this very... Different from anything you had done before.
0: I think I'm very much a person who I will mull something over for a long time. Like it'll be sitting in the back of my mind for a long time. Um, But once I make the decision to do it,
1: it's, we're doing it. February, 2010, Mm -hmm. when you really, I mean, had this, if you look at it now, 2017, you know, had this, you've been building up to this point. Yes. Okay, so like there had been some, probably some feelings, you know, maybe you never verbalized it, or maybe at some point leading up to 2010, that was kind of the volcano exploding. Absolutely.
0: And at that point, it was a, now that I have verbalized it, there's no going back. Exactly. It's out out now. And I think
1: that, like what you told your friends, you know, and I think that when we share with other people Mm -hmm. that we're going to do something, now we're not just accountable to ourselves it's out there yeah and you know in our minds we actually kind of think like and most people do Mm -hmm. care but we i think think they care more than we they really do you know because now it's like we're convicted you know and that has to do kind of with integrity i Mm -hmm. think that we all have is that you know if i've told you i'm going to do something i kind of feel like i should now just because i've told you so it's kind of You know, powerful that you did that, and I don't know if it was intentional or just because you were like, "Man, that was my surroundings at the time." I had lunch with these girls, and I'm going to tell them, "Look, this is what I'm doing. Don't make fun of me." You know, (laughs) and then you kept going.
0: Yes, and and I think it does. It's I have been very intentional since that point about who I've surrounded myself with. Um, and, and that's been a hard growth process to try to then figure out who really does want the best for me and who is just there to pull me down into the negativity spiral, which I naturally go into anyway. And so I can't, I can't surround myself with people like that. So, um, and it's funny because then out of that lunch group came my introduction to CrossFit. Um. So at the time, and my dear friend, Angie, (laughs) who I taught with, worked on me for probably like six to eight months to get me to be like, you should just come. We're doing this thing. Her um, now brother-in-law and her sister opened a gym in Omaha, um, and that became my second home eventually. But she worked on me for probably a good six to eight months. She was like, well, you should just, I know you're doing boot camp. You should just come and work out with me. And... We should just do this. And I kept telling her, no, you're crazy. That's not me. I mean, at the time they were, they were working out at CrossFit Omaha, which is now owned by Stacy and Dustin Tovar. And I was like, these are legit people. Like, this is not my space. Have you lost your mind? Like, I have been the fat kid my whole life. I'm not going to be the fat kid in that space with all these like rock star athletes. So I think she finally wore me down and she's so funny. She... She was just really getting into um, pretty strict paleo diet following that. And so she'd leave a cookbook on my desk or in my mailbox at school. And she was like, hey, you should check this out. I know you cook a lot and you enjoy cooking and you're really trying to track what you're doing and you're watching your food. You should look into this. You could geek out on this. Um, So slowly but surely she wore me down and I ended up at a free week um, with her in 2012. So, and like I said, her sister and her brother-in-law had just opened their new gym, and I went. And it's funny, because I actually graduated from high school with her brother-in-law, who owns the gym, and I had this moment of being like, you were the super popular kid on the baseball team, and I was the marching band nerd, and now (laughs) it's like six years later, and I'm still the marching band nerd, and I'm like, and I'm in your gym. This is, like how everything comes full circle in in that city is so funny to me because it is an overgrown small town but I mean I had that moment where I walked in and I'm was terrified terrified my first day in there um and it was something very simple I think it was like burpees and air squats and things that I look at now like Almost six years later, and and I was like, "Why were you so scared of this? This was nothing to be terrified of." But um, I remember texting Angie from my car that first day, being like, "I'm in the parking lot. Are you going in yet? I'm not walking in alone. Where are you at?" She's like, "I'm inside. Walk inside. I'm here. It's fine. No one's going to attack you." Um, but again, I had said out loud, "I will be there," and so. True to, you know, Sam form. I'm 20 minutes early all the time. So I was, again, sitting in the parking lot. Like, I'm not going in without you. Are you here yet? Well, you should come out and we can go in. She's like, just get your butt in here. Knock it off. Um, So I did it and absolutely loved it. And pretty much signed the contract like 10 minutes later. And I was like, okay, this is serious. We're doing this. So what
1: did you love about it?
0: At that time, I think being brand new to like legitimate... A gym space because I hadn't been in a gym like in any capacity prior to that I was doing this boot camp stuff kind of on the side um, I had a, a like a recumbent bike at home in my basement that I would go and sit on and ride my bike for a while but I mean I had not been in a gym at all so it was still very small at that point their, um their membership was not massive yet so it felt very welcoming because I knew the guy that owned it I knew my good friend that was there um i had met her sister so like all of these people that looked very physically fit i already had connections with and knew um but beyond that i think just like the encouragement and the fact that i mean i showed up at at that point i was down to i think 220 pounds i had lost about 40 pounds on my own at that point but i walked in still very overweight and in my own you know understanding at that point really unhealthy and very unfit but I walked in and you know the firefighter next to me who's this jacked awesome athlete is doing the exact same movements I am because it was burpees and air squats and it was that moment of like wait a minute I'm doing the exact same workout he is and in that case I mean I was scaling the number of reps that I did that day but the movements were exactly the same and that was such an empowering moment because it was like Okay, but I'm the fat kid here, and I'm, I'm I get to play along. I get to fit in. I get to do what they're doing, and that was that was huge for me. Um,
1: That's awesome, Sam. And so when you lost those forty pounds mm-hmm. from the fourteen minute mile to <laughs> this first CrossFit yes. workout, were, how did you do that? Was it boot camp and eating healthy? Yeah. You know, where you you yep. said you were tracking your food. Yeah, it was
0: it was boot camp. It was. Um, It was boot camp and really just trying to up my physical activity in any way, shape, or form. Um, And it was being being very conscious of my food choices and eating with intention and not just putting food in my face. Um, I'm naturally a snacker, and I know that. Like, I'm a grazer. um, But I think eating with intention and knowing... it, It was never... I don't want to say I would feel bad if I would find myself randomly like snacking on stuff but I'd always have that moment of clarity where I'd catch myself and be like wait a minute you're just you're just doing this because you're bored or you're doing it because you're not you have nothing else to do or you did it because you walked through and you wanted to see what was in the fridge it's the same stuff that's in the fridge 20 minutes ago when you walked through um, but trying to be intentional yeah, about yeah so what mind, I
1: kind of what you're saying is mindless uh, <laughs> behavior yes right and, yes. and I think you know that's That right there is a whole podcast episode or just even a a point that probably people don't realize Mm -hmm. is that, you know, how many of the things that you do are you just doing out of habit? Right. You know, you're not hungry, but yet you open the pantry door. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's 4.30. It's not quite dinner time. You're, you know, you've, you had a satisfying meal Mm -hmm. you, you know, but you're that just mindless things, activities that that people get in the habit of doing. I can't imagine, you know, we work here and the only times we have donuts are when the women bring them (laughs) from 9 a.m. But I can't imagine working in an environment where people bring donuts or people bring candy or there's, you know, the title office, there's always a bowl of, you know, Mm -hmm. candy and snacks that people just grab just because it's there. Right.
0: Well, and I think the other thing that really helped me at that point was as much as it seemed very tedious up front, but, um, I got in the habit at that point and I'm, I still do this on my Sundays. I, it started out of a financial standpoint too, but really meal planning. And I mean, I drew it out on notebook paper, every like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, meal planning, grocery shopping for that stuff and that stuff only. And then also, meal prepping on Sundays. Um, and at that time it was literally making like sandwiches and having them ready to go. Um, now I my eating has evolved quite a bit, even from that point. But I mean, having and at least prepping two large meals that I can eat on throughout the rest of the week so that I don't even, it's not like I get home from work at the end of the day and have that moment of like, I am starving. I just need something to put in my face now. There's not that moment of urgency. I have things that I know are good, that I know are healthy, that I know are on the plan that I'm sticking to, ready to go. And so having that preparation in advance is really, really saved me. Yeah, and it makes
1: it where the decision's already been made for you. You don't have to think, what am I going to eat? It's already there. Yep. So in the last five years Mm -hmm. doing crossfit what are some of the results that you've seen what are some of the accomplishments that you feel that you've had in the gym
0: i think the biggest thing that i have noticed and and again i think the the middle that stupid presidential fitness test that stupid (laughs) mile run and the pull-ups And like the sit-ups and I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. that, that I had, I don't know if it was like deep seated traumatic experience of what I experienced in middle school, but it kind of like tackling each of those stupid things on that test, um, looking even at my mile time or even beyond that, like prior to starting a boot camp and prior to really starting CrossFit, I running was like, uh, no, nope, check. I'm good. I don't need to do that. That's not something that exists in my life. Um, my mile now is consistently down to like right around nine, nine 15. Um, there's been a few that have been sub nine and I That's think I awesome. had a moment. Uh, it happened once on a Saturday here and I got back in and I looked, Michelle was coaching at the time and I looked at her and I was like, is that clock right? Did it stop in the middle? What happened? She's like, no, it's correct. Um, running then taking that to the next step and doing a 5k i mean my 5k time we always used to do it at the end of the year at my school and the first time i did it it was 42 minutes and i can walk that now (laughs) i can walk a 5k in that um but the first year after i had started crossfit back home i got my 5k time down to like 37 minutes and so that was huge we just did it here a couple of months ago not too long ago and I tracked it, and I, was, I wanted to break 30 so bad, and I was at 32 minutes, but when I looked at my phone, then I had gone 3.6 miles, so I had done extra. I don't know how that happened, but my route, I'd done a bunch of extra, so I would have been sub 30. Um, so just having that, I think, is hugely reinforcing. But then also looking, I mean, I think the biggest piece of it for me um, has been my love affair with pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship um, and it's funny to me because again like I, I am not I'm not a small person I and I have never ever ever been um, upset or disgusted or like ashamed of my size again I think that's just because that's always been i am i've always been big even when i i did a hardcore nutrition challenge at my old gym that was like three months long super strict paleo no alcohol no like it was very strict and it was three months long and i mean at my lightest by the scale i was down to 165 pounds but i was still wearing size 14 clothes like i'm my body is just built in a way that... You
1: said earlier that you have, uh, like, you chat your metabolism's challenge, or you do you know specifically, have you had, like, blood work done? I've
0: done blood work. I have not done a lot of, like, metabolic testing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have gotten away at this point from just relying on the scale, and that's just because I think one of the biggest things for me... I don't even own one anymore. I threw mine out about a year and a half ago. Um and it's because I know that just for my own like emotional and psychological well-being I can't I can't look at that um I think one of the greatest kind of lessons that I've learned by doing CrossFit has been that you need to find your why like why am I doing this and that's what you need to rely on because CrossFit is awesome in the first like year year and a half sometimes even two years I didn't unfortunately get to get to that point in it where Everything's new. Everything's developing. You're dropping weight like crazy, or you know, you're building muscle mass like crazy. You're pring all the time. You know, you're doing all these amazing things that you never thought you'd do. But then you kind of hit this wall where prs stop, or you have to work incredibly hard to chase like a five pound pr on something. Um, where in my case, the scale stopped going down and it stagnated for a while, and then it started going up. Um, and so having that moment to be like, okay, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to lose weight. I'm not doing this really to even attack or chase some athletic performance moment or goal or finish line or any of that. I'm, I'm doing this because genetically and health-wise, I'm trying to stave off what I think is probably coming for me anyway. So I'm doing this to maintain my wellness, and that's my why. Um, because I know that I, I'm I'm on this earth to do like something amazing and I'm, I feel like I'm doing that already right now but I I there's not a finish line to any of this there's not I mean the day you put me in the ground is the day I' I'm, I'm, I'm at the finish line so you
1: you're so right in what you're saying and I want to affirm you you are on this earth to do something amazing yeah. and you are definitely doing something amazing but you're also very right on, Measuring your success by it lining up with your why, but your why has to be something that actually matters. Right. You yeah. know, and I think that you're uh, so awesome to share that and be mm-hmm. transparent about that mm-hmm. because there's people that sometimes, you know, quit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because their why they think is right. losing pound weight. Right. Or their why they think is fitting into a specific uh, size of clothing Mm -hmm. or – and then if that doesn't happen, and to me that's – that why isn't going to get you through the hard days. Right. You know, that why isn't going to actually – if you're real honest with yourself, you know, it's – just losing more weight is just going to make you want to lose more weight. Exactly. It, it, it's very <laughs> equivalent to honestly like making money. Uh-huh. You know, people fall into this trap of feeling like, well, if I only made this much more money, then I'd probably be happy.
0: Right.
1: And they get to that amount of money – and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Well, no, I just need to make a little bit more money." And they, you know, it's the same trap as the right. weight loss game. Right. And honestly, <laughs> it's like you and I know that like happiness doesn't come from how much you weigh, and happiness doesn't come from how much money you make. No. But I think for like for you to even bring that up and saying like create a why, it's mm-hmm. like there's a great book by Simon Sinek that's uh, about why and he mm-hmm. kind of it, it's a business book but it's a really good right. good book but I think that you know I don't know if I've ever necessarily connected it to the gym but I think in, in, like for your personal fitness journey but uh, that's a great insight from you and I think that having that why that's disconnected because really when you start writing all this down and let's say people take the time to think through that's not what we're wanting like we right. the, we think that weight loss is what we want but that's not what we want yeah so give me kind of, when did you come to that point in your, in your journey? Because I'm sure it, maybe it happened right away, or did it take a lot of frustration oh, before you...
0: It did not happen right away. Um, I think that really came to me probably at about two years in. So, I mean, it was, it was right... Actually, it was right about the time I was getting accepted to the PhD program here at A&M. Um, it was when I was, you know, I, I kind of equate relocating to college station to, I mean, like that was the biggest jump into the void that I have ever taken. Um, because I resigned from my job. I sold my house. I left my entire family is pretty much in Omaha. Um, and I just decided, no, I'm going to go to Texas and do this PhD hundred percent on my own. I didn't know a soul in college station. Um, and it was about that time. I just had a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress, obviously, just with the logistics of planning that, um, even on the, in Omaha still, and my performance in the gym was suffering, and I was really kind of beating myself up over it, and the scale was going back up again, and I was just really kind of weighing on myself, being like, oh, okay, well, hopefully this Texas thing works out, because everything is kind of going to crap here, too. Like, you can't, the one thing you had control of was the gym and your eating and your health and your wellness, and that's falling off now, so... I think having that moment where it was, okay, but you're not doing this for a number on the scale. You're not doing this to PR your deadlift. I mean, goals are great. And I think, I mean, I do absolutely have goals, but for me, if I look at the gym or at my eating as that there is a finish line or that there's something I'm going to eventually arrive at and be done, like that, that's, killer for me i can't i cannot look at it that way because it's you're i mean it's all the journey to get there you never really arrive like you're continuously changing okay that goal cool check it off what's the next one it's not well i've done that i can just you know wash my hands of this cool i i don't i just show up now at the gym like it that's not how it works and so i think at that point it was more of pretty much like a season that i'm in right now here today even is I knew that I just had to show up. Hmm. I just had to show up. Um, And I, you know, my, my pack of women here knows that too. Like with today here and now my focus in terms of like where almost all my energy going is my dissertation and my research. And that's because like that is the most present piece of it. But I know that if I don't show up here to the gym if I don't get a workout in, if I'm not keeping my eating mostly on track, um, that then the rest of me is no good either. And so I know that because I can control the food and I can control the wellness, I have to make time for that because, Otherwise, the academic side of me and the scholar side of me falls apart too, and, I, and then nothing is working well. Um, and you
1: touched on something. I think it's like you're constantly having to remind yourself of your why. Like mm-hmm. you're having to, and to me, that's like reminding yourself of the truth and not the lies. Yes. Because the lies, like you said, I struggle. Like sometimes I have these moments when yep. the scales go in the mm-hmm. wrong direction, and yep. I can easily fall into the trap. But that's listening to the lies because. The truth is your why, yep. you know, what you've stated and what you want. And yep. so I think when people have that, the name that book is it starts with why. Okay. And it, you know, it, that's, you know, it's funny. We're on the building better people podcast, <laughs> but that is my why. Mm-hmm. Like this gym, you know, my success isn't mm-hmm. measured by how many members we have. My yep. success isn't measured by, you know, uh, some of the things that people might say make great businesses, uh-huh. My in my mind, my success is are we building better people? And every week that I interview someone yeah. and every time I have conversations in the gym where I hear that lives are changing, yeah. it's my way of reminding myself <laughs> of what matters right? and that we are winning. And so... I think for you, it, the way you connect that to your fitness journey could really impact someone who's listening is mm-hmm. for them to get real gut level honest, you know, as to why they're doing this. And the answer can't be to lose weight, you know, because yeah. that's the two second answer. Right. Or to fit back in a dress,
0: mm-hmm.
1: pull ups and dresses and or, or fitting back and, and, and hopefully no men want to fit back in dresses, but some, <laughs> you never know, but, yeah. but uh, that is a byproduct of pursuing your true why. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. you're going to get some pull ups along the way. You're going to lose some pounds along the yeah. way. You're going to, but that's not the why, you know? Right. The, the, you know, and so, um, I just think that's great, Sam, and I appreciate you sharing. So give me a little bit more about what you're working on because I know it's consuming all of your time and a lot of your uh, energy. And you're still, you know, you told me back when I sent the email out about goal setting, you know, 2017, you know, just I want to stay in here. You kind of, that was another way that maybe you did it intentionally or, mm-hmm. or, but you verbalize yes. to another person, you yep. know, I'd send the email to all the members saying, Hey, shoot me over goals. If you're interested, or I want you to set some goals. And you said, this is just, this is all I got going on right now. I've got a pretty busy year and I just want to keep coming. Right. And so give me, give me some info about what you're doing.
0: Okay. Before I do that, I do have to say, because my goal was to literally just show up. Um, I am tracking that at home. I, today is day 142 of, Showing up here, so awesome! I'm gonna it. high five you on that. Absolutely, I'll take it. Um, so, my, I'm, I'm currently working on my dissertation research, and, um, and like I told you before we did this, it's very strange to be the person being interviewed right now because um, I do qualitative research, which means um, most of mine is interview based. Um, I'm working with a small group of women who are just starting their teaching. Um, experiences and their teaching journeys and so I'm really looking at kind of breaking down that transition from student teaching to full-time teaching but specifically in urban schools so looking at how uh, white women kind of adapt and develop and grow through those spaces where their populations don't look like them and dealing with some of the conflicts that arise and some of the joys that arise and looking at how they feel they are developing throughout that process. So, um, as of right now, I'm on the very front end of that because most of their school years are just starting. So, I was in Houston yesterday interviewing um, a few of my ladies who are super, super, super excited to be getting into their own classrooms. Um, and that just brings me so much joy and excitement because it, I mean, it reminds me of my own first years in the classroom. But it also then, it really energizes me to keep doing the work that I'm doing. Um, because in addition to being a PhD student, I also teach in my department at a and And I teach undergraduates who are going to be teachers. And so, I mean, it is very apparent to me that my passion is education and that my passion is working with pre-service teachers. And so it's very demanding work. Um, I, I tell them a lot and I joke that I'm like... y'all are just bigger versions of my eighth graders that I had. You have much better hygiene and you have better vocabularies. But at the same time, like, everyone's in that major transition point of trying to go into student teaching or then trying to go into being a full-time teacher. And it's no different than looking at my eighth graders who are transitioning into high school and freaking out about having all those same experiences and all those same moments of preparing for the unknown. Um, And so I am pretty much I mean I'm, I'm on campus crazy weird hours I'm, I'm writing non-stop I'm reading non-stop um, so it's very very cognitively demanding mm. of my time and it's exhausting I mean like I got home last night at about 7 and just melted into my couch and had this like just brain mush moment um, but I do know that you know coming here and setting aside the time to be in the gym five, most of the time, six days a week just sets me up for so much more success in that because then I can be the instructor that I know I'm capable of being. I can be the researcher that I know I'm capable of being. Um, I can be the writer that I know I'm capable of being because, A, I don't don't really carry, I, I try to give myself a lot of grace. As well, um, the month of April was a perfect example of that, because I was really, really cramming through to try to get my proposal done and ready to be submitted um, for review by my committee. And I think I only came to the gym 12 days in April. And so, realizing that there's that balance in place, and realizing, and and just giving myself some grace and not being like, okay, your goal was to show up. But, you know, you were writing until 3 in the morning, so sleep is more important right now. Um, But then also having that group here, because I would go on a stretch of not being here for like 2 or 3 days, and I'd get texts, and I'd get Facebook messages that were like, Uh, Where are you at? Are you coming? Do we need to come and get you? Do you need anything? What do you need? We need you to be here. And so having that accountability of the community that's been built here has been huge because I'll be very honest. There have been many days where I'm like, you know what? I could sleep in for an extra hour. I could sleep in for an extra two hours. And I looked at the workout, and there, you know what? It's it's a snatch three rep max, and I hate snatch, and I have to modify this, and I have to do, and I'm like. Nope. You need to show up. You need to be there. You need to be present. You have to show up. Um, And so I think just that level of support that's been developed here, I know 100%. I will completely chalk it up to that is why I'm having success in my professional life right now, 100%.
1: Um, It's awesome to hear, you know, that kind of is the answer to the question I usually close out with, which is how does this make you a better version of you? But it sounds, I mean, you totally elaborated on that, Mm -hmm. um, that the gym makes, or the the workouts, the community, Mm -hmm. all that is encompassed by this helps add to your life. Yes. And, you know, there's there's people that listen to these episodes that, you know, are already working out, Mm -hmm. people at the gym, but then there's also people that listen to these episodes that You know, maybe they know you, and then they're gonna, (laughs) oh, what is she up to? And then, but there's also people that that don't know you, Mm -hmm. and and they kind of are at the point where they're not working out. They're, you know, they're probably just where you were before that. You know, we'll say that uh, February 2010 Mm -hmm. moment when you just said, you know what, I gotta looking at yourself in the mirror, medications, and where am I going? Like, am I just? existing like and and so for that person because you were there and now you're where you are what can you say to that person and and, and encourage them uh, how to start?
0: How to start. Um definitely you know find at the time I chalked mine up to a lot of having those people in my life that I knew I could go to and be like you have a piece of this figured out. Help me figure that piece out. Um, my, it was my friend Teresa at the time who was doing the boot camp, and it was a, you've got this connection. I think I need to do this. Let's do this. And so help me get to that spot with you. Um it, My friend Angie, who had the diet piece in play, and it was a, okay, you've got that on lock. Help me. Help me do this. So I think it's very humbling to have to realize that you know what I knew nothing about anything in the world of like even I'll, I'll even say wellness because I mean I ate what my mom made and I, I did that and you know I I worked out and I used that very loosely it was like okay well I'd go on a walk around my neighborhood but it wasn't nothing beyond that and so I think reaching out and having that moment of I need help, I need accountability, because then each of those people both became people I was very accountable to. Um, But then, you know, just having that like 30 seconds of just blind courage and faith that you're gonna make the leap and it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be terrifying and you might like hate every single minute of that, but like having the guts to show up that first time and get into it, and I think that was the biggest piece of Like I said, texting my friend Angie, and she said, get out of the car, get here, get inside, get in here, I'm here already. Um, But having that, that 30 seconds to walk from the car door to the door of the gym and just going and showing up. I think that's, at the end of the day, you just have to show up.
1: Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast, where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.